What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome back to Try Not to Blink. It's a podcast, as you know. Uh, we, we had our first podcast not too long ago. This is about the ups, the downs, the ins and outs. We're going to talk about news, tips and tricks. We have some interesting things to talk about today, and everything has to do with what we call the optometry lifestyle, and I will continue to question what exactly that means, and maybe we'll actually figure it out today. Who knows? Um, We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts, of course. Uh, They're the maker of the incredible custom-stable scleral contact lens, and of course, many other stellar gas-permeable lens designs. Uh, In case you do not know, and you may be wondering, my name is Dr. James Diem. Many know know me as Jimmy. I'm joined by, of course, none other than the amazing Dr. Roya Habibi. Roya, here we are. It's 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 always later here, so we're we're probably more tired than you. But we both had a busy day today, seeing tons of patients. What happened to you today? Anything good you saw? You know, I did actually have a a pretty cool patient that I do want to just kind of touch on, and this is sort of a a segue to our first uh, segment, if you will. Uh, What would you do? So uh, here we have a um, a patient that comes in today. I was actually really excited. Whenever I get a new patient, I'm I'm very very excited. Do you have that feeling? Do you have this like, oh, it's like a Christmas on Christmas morning excitement? I mean, that seems a little bit dramatic. I I like seeing new patients. <laughs> I'm also kind of like new to the game, so I would say eighty percent of my patients typically are new to me. True. True. <laughs> Okay. That'll be a great day for me every day if I felt um, that way. And it's, you know, I don't know. I I just, you know, when I have a new patient and um, especially when I have a new patient that comes in with a very specific implant, you know, so um, not that this is uncommon, but, you know, like a new scleral fit or a new dry eye fit. And I think for me, it's like, it's, it's because I make an effort to go after those patients. So this this particular patient came in, new patient, dry eye, um, little background, uh, mid thirties, a uh, young professional, um, just as a background, we don't have a ton of those in our area. Uh, so, so <laughs> people another, aren't professional in your area yeah. or what well, do you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. I, Hey, I'm from here so I can say whatever I want about it. I tell patients that all the time when we complain about where we're from, I, I say, well, I'm from here so we can talk about that. So she's a, she's a nurse practitioner. She's from about two hours away, a large healthcare system. And she comes in saying, you know, I have just a severe burning so bad so that I actually had to leave work the other day. Um, she's a busy nurse practitioner uh, and, and she actually had to leave work. And she was previously in Miami and she was seeing a doctor there and they were treating her successfully uh, with some advanced procedures. And so she was looking online for other dry eye facilities that may may have some of these advanced procedures. So she found us because of our website that has, uh, you know, on there marketed some some advanced treatments like Lipaflow or True Tear and and uh, Mybaflow and some some other things that we offer. And basically, just that this is something we look for that we brand ourselves as Dry Eye Center. Sure. So she had Lipaflow a few times, um, and she also had IPL a few times. And actually, she had uh, the most success with Lipaflow. So what do you think she had? What why do you think it was that Lipaflow or I'm sorry, IPL was most successful to her? Wait, you this said IPL a, or Lipaflow? IP, IPL was the most uh, successful for her. So, so my head's geared toward a little rosacea. You're absolutely right. And and I, th- I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, that she had rosacea. And it was actually never 
diagnosed. Nobody really? ever nobody ever talked to her about the fact that she had rosacea. Do you she, ever feel sometimes when you're saying to a patient you have ocular rosacea or just saying rosacea, it's almost like you're telling them you have herpes of the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Some people get a little like, bit awkward. I feel like, like that's a little dramatic. I mean, but like, <laughs> you know, kidding. they know, kidding. like, I know when I look in the mirror every day when I get out of the shower, I've got rosy cheeks. I have rosacea. I mean, no one's formally really diagnosed rosacea? me. What? Do you? For do you sure truly? I do. But it's not treated. Seriously? Like, it doesn't bother me. It's just... When I work out, I get super rosy cheeks. When I'm very hot, I get super rosy cheeks. That's See, not just natural rouge. That is rosacea. <laughs> I used to think that only old white guys got rosacea. So this was very interesting to me because this woman is a you know young professional woman. Not that that means that she can't get rosacea, but she's also of uh, Latina descent or Hispanic descent. Sure. So it's just kind of very surprising to me. But she does. She had the telangiectatic sort of uh, rosy cheeks and, you know, some redness on her nose. Uh, it, it just it, it was just like a knocked it out of the park. And, and I said, you know, does anybody ever said that you have rosacea? She's like, no. I'm like, that's what's going on here. You know, so um, we actually don't do IPL in our office. So Interesting thing about this is I I do take care of a local dermatologist and they do IPL. They didn't classically do it for dry eye, but I spoke to them for about a half hour on the phone today. They're going to start doing it. We're going to start working together on it. So pretty neat. Um, Can optometrists do IPL? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. It's it's become a huge huge thing right now. It's it's all over a uh, lot of lot of talk about IPL on on Facebook right now, and it's kind of come back into into vogue. I think there's a, a few companies that are are really making a big effort to to kind of push for it. But the thing it really shines on is rosacea. So I was, you know, I think we all know rosacea. It's an inflammatory condition, yada yada. But there, I mean, do you know what causes rosacea? Not really. Inflammation. Um, Period. That's and that's what I came mark. up with too. But and and so I did a little research. Guess what? Nobody knows what causes rosacea. And and maybe I'll get some people angry at me about this. But truthfully, no one definitively knows. But there are a couple, you know, interesting things. So one, it's it's hereditary. Two, it's it's an immune based uh, condition. Three, there's actually been some research to show that H. pylori, a uh, common uh, you know bug that lives in in our intestines, could Stomach possibly ulcers? be Question? could be something that puts you at a higher risk for rosacea people who do not have uh the yeah then could cause stomach ulcers um another thing of course is demodex right we've we've all heard about demodex and that that could play a role um some other uh protein that normally protects the skin from infection uh has also been implicated i'm not going to get into the weeds of all that kind of stuff but there are a few theories out there bottom line is no one really knows, sure. but it is an inflammatory-based condition. That's how I explain it to patients. It's an inflammatory-based condition of oil glands in your skin. I think they get that, but yeah, so IPL could be really good. Two things that you know I've I've seen in relationship to this recently are treatment with doxy, oral doxy, or um, an oral uh, dose of 1,000, one-time 1,000-milligram dose of azithromycin. What do you think Have about you azocyte? About... Good question. I, I don't use it that much. Do you? You know, I read a study comparing azithro or azocyte compared to doxy, and they had very similar outcomes. We'll reference the study in the on the website. But honestly, one azithromycin is relatively expensive. It's kind of hard to get for patients 
cost wise. Azacite, you're Azacite, saying. Azacite, sorry. Right. And two um, is goopy and, and burny a little bit. Right. And people who have rosacea uh, and dry eye on top of that tend to have sensitive eyes. And I tend, I tend to just not like to put anything that has extra BAK on top right. of that. But I have heard about the azacite doxy combo. And actually, I do prescribe azacite if I'm going to prescribe one because I feel like the long term effects, doxy effects, though it's very minimal. For those that are negatively impacted by doxy, I'd rather not cause some of those side effects. And so the one-time azocyte tends to do a similar effect once a week times three to four weeks. Okay. So uh, you you typically go towards the doxy then? I go to a doxy on those who are already on it. If I'm going to start someone on it, I would typically make – well, not always. Sometimes I'll do the azithromycin just because it's – easier and when you do that azithromycin do you do that single dose that single, single dose. dose yep yeah that yep. one time single dose yep of or i'll do a 500 milligram yeah. once a week twice oh okay yep for how long for three to four weeks oh, okay but you know what recently i've gone away from the orals and gone toward the more nutraceutical options so the omega-3s uh because i believe they have a very similar effect uh in the chain of anti-inflammation what do you think about the dream study in three seconds the one that just came out yeah you know first of all there was some it was kind of a time's week- up oh. <laughs> just kidding. Mm. i'm kidding with you it was a weekly design study i haven't read it all yeah. the way front to back but one study compared to hundreds of other studies that show so positive results studies. right i obviously there are so many things we can always learn about everything but I continue, and I personally still continue to take omega-3, and I believe it is very effective. And for the people, you know how many people have you told to start it, or they started it, and they're like, oh my gosh, my joints feel amazing on this, or whatever. I felt it right right away, or when I don't take it, I know it. I mean, that's those are the people I'm like, if I could make your life better a little bit by telling you to do something that's good, then I want you to do that. So I think in the end... We both would do very similar things with this patient. We'd pat ourselves on the back that they came to us. <laughs> we would give her a high five. We'd say, "You have um, obvious signs of rosacea, and we need to we we need to address that." And you know, we we did in fact set her up with IPL. I actually did get her a true tear, actually too, which is a whole other yeah. ballpark of discussion. She she actually loves it. It helps her with symptoms. Um, and, and we followed her up once uh, since then, and she's she's been doing very well with it. It was something new to her. Uh, we do have lipoflow. We talked about that with her, but it was not something that she thought that she got a wonderful uh, benefit from when when she did it in comparison to IPL. And she was open to trying something new with the True Tear. So she's been much more comfortable. She hasn't uh, um, had any issues uh, with the True Tear, so it's it's been pretty good. Granted, she just got it, so. Um, What's the take home on that? You know, I I think for me, it was a little bit of a, you know, good job in, in making people aware of the passion that you have to provide sort of niche care. Absolutely. Uh, even though dry eye is, I think, a ubiquitous thing we should all be doing to some extent, some of us are probably going to take it to another level. Does that mean you have to have all the toys? I don't think so. I think just starting with staining on a regular basis with fluorescein and lysamine and, and being a little bit more... Lysamine. Uh, mean. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Uh, it's so important. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's what it is. Can you we take a quick tangent real quick on lysamine? Please. 
I had a doctor come visit me. She's shadowing. She's setting up a dry eye clinic. She's actually from Australia. So I'm going to make a side note. I'm not sure if Australia gets the same sort of uh, product or you can order the same things as we can. But she was watching me and she was like, why don't you just put your lysamine and your fluorescein in at the same time? Because it's going to take so long for your lysamine to show up. Why don't you do that? Well, you know, I've tried that because I was like, oh, shoot, she just taught me something. I guess I should start doing that. But then I was like, you don't need to wait that long for lysamine. Lysamine, you used to have to wait a certain amount of time, apparently. I mean, I guess I'm a millennial, so I don't know. I expect everything to happen now. <laughs> you need it now. <laughs> I need it now. And it works now, now, and that's what's ideal. But- Honestly, I agree with you. I and you know what? I have people tell me you need to wait forever for fluorescine, too. And I, I think you probably could wait longer. But just in the course of your exam, you take two two quick little peeks and you see it. Nah. I mean, you could see it without staining a lot of times if you're really in tune. Oh, absolutely. Well, certain things do show up a little bit better when you wait a second with the fluorescine. Sure. But right. honestly, it's usually just the very subtle EBMD, that sort of thing that's going to show up more. Or an old, healed erosion whatever but right regardless i want it now and usually it works <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your day and i'll tell you what i would do okay so i had a pretty unique patient that i just finally wrapped up and i had a really i kind of would say heavy conversation you know and i in our eye field we don't have to have very many awkward heavy conversations what do you think about that Yes and no. I mean, you're, I think you're right about uh, the fact that we don't have to have many heavy conversations about like diagnoses and right. we're not often diagnosing cancer and right. life altering things. I think, though, what you're about to say, and I'm not sure, is in line with uh, how I feel. And that is that when we make ourselves available to be, you know, sure. there for someone, then we end up talking about things that are often quite heavy. But for sure, for sure. On a, on a clinical note, I think you're absolutely right. And optometry is a pretty clean, you know, field in that regard. Well, so, so I this one, I thought I was going to be able to, to like skirt out of this because most things you can kind of skirt out of and be like, hmm, bring that up with your primary care doctor next week. But this 22-year-old female came in, Caucasian. She actually came from a city about four hours away from Seattle, which was crazy. But she had been working for two years or so with this doctor, uh, or I guess a couple doctors nearby her, dealing with dry eyes. She Well, dry eyes is what she was told. She sees poorly. She came in best corrected 2080-2200. Her prescription read around a plus six, minus four with the rule of stigmatism-ish in both eyes. She saw just about as well with or without glasses. And she had some old, old design custom soft lenses that she occasionally wore that didn't really improve her vision much, although she reported that it made her eyes feel a little bit better. A little bit, little less sensitive. So, um, and I should also mention, which is important to the case, is she was on a dis- decent list of medications related to mental health. So she was on lithium, she was on Zoloft, a couple others, but those were kind of the, that was what's important. And lastly, she came in with a cane. So she's a 22-year-old woman who is walking around with a blind, like, guide guide cane. And so anyway, long story short, she's got, after I evaluated her, probably three to four plus staining across her corneas, some mild little scars, mostly peripheral, very poor blinker. In fact, when you watch her, it almost, you know, the Parkinson's stare, 
she kind of had that stare going and so that was like immediately obvious barely blinked and when she did blink it was poor she had my bone gland drop out but it was 10 to 20 percent not bad but anyway so fast forward a couple weeks I put a Procare in, same first day I met her, I fit her in scleral lenses, actually, considering the fact that her prescription was high, she had so high... So what, what did you do to start? Sorry. So that was kind of my starting point. I kind of like okay. listened to her, because she said she's been doing tears, she's been doing drops, she's been doing yeah. this and that, gel, blah, 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 all so these So I'll things. tell you something, I, I don't want to cut you off, yeah. but um, I... I love amniotic membranes. I think they are Ugh, just a wonderful source. right into uh, me. I love it. I just, I love it. But, and, and I, every now and again, I like to put stuff online and Facebook and share some successes I have with our colleagues. Every single time I put something on about amniotic membranes, I get like five haters that I am going to break the healthcare system by, by prescribing an amniotic membrane. Amniotic membranes are beautiful little blankets of happiness to the eye. I love it. I mean, it's like no. your little soft contact beefed up. I tell people sometimes when I'm comparing, like, am I going to put a bandage lens on or am I going to put a Procare on? Like the Procare is just so much better for what your eye really needs. The contact is kind of like a sticky Band-Aid. It works. Now the hater is going to say, yeah, well, you could have just done a done a contact lens and it's unnecessary. You're being selfish and you just want to get, you know, the reimbursement that comes along with a Procara. Well, so what do you say to that? <laughs> okay, I have so many things to say, but I'm going to limit it. First of all, <laughs> read any recent study in any literature because it'll show you that there are lots of facts on the contents of what's in a uh, amniotic membrane, the healing benefits to the cornea. The anti-scarring, um, growth factors, et cetera, that all are being provided and released by this membrane. And secondly, try it. Like if you're going to say all these negative things, try it. The peop- the things that I always tell people, I mean, I start every patient off when I put a Procara in saying like, you're going to hate me for three days, probably one day really bad, but at least two or three days. But I promise you it's going to come back better. When I take it off, your eyes still going to be red. So you're going to be a little skeptical. But you're, you're, it's going to be better than what it was right now. Because Do you you're use gonna, dry membranes at all? Ever? You know what? I really keep failing on the dry membrane train. Okay, so you do. You do try them. I've tried. I've tried yeah. a couple. But, you know, I get bigger complainers on the dry membrane than the wet. Very interesting. Um, wow. People call me often on the dry membrane. And I, I don't know what I'm doing. Because I do everything per protocol, the same. Yeah. but I cannot get it to like not be uncomfortable or I just, maybe I just don't. I it. think we should do a whole talk. I do too. That's At least a whole, a whole thing whole other on tangent amniotic there. memory. Exactly. So stay tuned. We will stay, talk we'll more come about back amniotic memory. Exactly. All the different stuff that's in them. Yes. Maybe we'll get a rep from a dry company Love in Procara. You know, we'll, we'll have a little conversation about it. I think it's just, it's something that uh, optometrists want to know about. And it's very controversial because I think there's the haters. And I think personally, some of the haters are people that are doing them and don't think other people should do them. Well, Not unlike the scleral <laughs> conversation that we're going to have very soon. So, you know, I, I don't want to tangent away. I so do want to say get back also to your, whatever you were saying about the, the amniotic membranes is we can make decisions what, for what's expensive and what's going to break our healthcare system. And there are times where it might be inappropriate to use a, a amniotic membrane. Like for me, I really do like to see something involved on the cornea to use oh, a definitely. membrane. I'm a little oh, bit definitely. more... I don't probably prescribe it as often as I could. 
that being said, there's no reason to not listen to the literature and the literature says that it's an effective treatment. And if you want to argue that just on the base of healthcare, what about the people who are saying Zydra doesn't work, Restasis doesn't work, uh, etc.? There are plenty of haters on any sort of therapy, but we our job isn't to uh, scrutinize the therapy per se. Our job is to scrutinize the clinical data and then you can make your decision afterwards. Like there are people doing way more research and FDA approvals and all of this. We get to just reap the benefits of what they're doing. If you choose not to apply a particular treatment option, that's your prerogative. Yeah. And I, I could not have said that any better. I don't even know if I've ever thought of it that way. That was just awesome. You could apply that line of reasoning to so many things. Um, but wow. also you need to be My critical. My mind is just blown. You need to be critical on what you see. For instance, I work with an older ophthalmologist. He's my mentor. He's awesome. But he totally is a skeptic of Procaras or, sorry, amniotic membranes in general. He thinks that they're just yeah. a, a glorified contact bandage lens. And you know what? I've gotten him to start using them. And he starts using them all the time now on on Boom. fungal, especially like uh, ulcers. And that's fine. Start where you uh, want to. Yeah. Right. But if anything, it holds in better than a soft lens does anyway. So not to say I don't use bandage lenses as the similar mechanism, although obviously not as good. I use them often because they really are easier. So with this girl, you took one look at her and said, this is what you need. You explained it to her, you popped it on, and then what happened? So I, before I even popped it on, I decided, you know, I could do a lot of things to make your eyes better, but clearly you keep getting yourself into the situation where your eyes getting dry. And it appears to be mostly due to the fact that you're not blinking well. So you're drying out your corneas. Maybe you're Try sleeping with your blink. eyes open. Exactly. She's blink. she's not trying to blink. Maybe. Now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I day one, which is not usually my style, I fit her in scleral lenses. Ooh. Then I popped a Procare on her, had her come back a week later. By then Ooh, I had the lenses thanks to our solid, solid founder or uh, funders, not funders, yeah. wrong word, support, Valley Contacts. But anyway, they shipped us our lenses ASAP, and now fast forward almost a month later, she's seeing 2025, 2030 from 2080, 2200. She doesn't need a cane anymore. But really the point of this whole story, aside from all of our dry eye stuff, is she, we had a heart to heart. Because as I'm sending her off being like, go explore the world, drop that cane, get rid of it. She was like, you know, this cane's become my identity. And... People move out of their way and they help me when I have this cane. And like, who am I without this cane? So this girl for two years been dealing with vision problems and dry eye and eye pain. Now I fix it in a matter of a month. And she doesn't want to let go almost. It was really bizarre. Unbelievable. So so many things running through my mind there. But yeah, I mean, obviously the, the main thing is this deep human experience that you had what would you do now here i don't know i'd probably go get my intern and say deal with this no i'm just (laughs) kidding i I thrive on on that i really do i i love hugging my patients i love holding (laughs) their hands i love looking them in the eyes and and making that connection i think really nothing makes a more loyal caring 
supporter of your practice and allowing them to go there, that's whatever true. that is, you know, it, where, whatever is that, you know, thing that the, whether it's a spouse that's passed away or uh, a death in the family from some other reason or, or a financial insecurity or a uh, loss of a job or, you know, where, where you are able to go there with a patient, I feel like they respect you on a whole other level Definitely. and um, it makes what we do really uh, amazing. I yeah. think, you know, Josh at Valley contacts always says uh, he does what he does to, to change lives or to, you know, to make a, a dent on, on the world. Yes. And he always says that. And, and um, he really means it. Uh, and, and I find that I, I see myself saying things like that uh, as well. And I think sometimes uh, I say it and people look at me goofy, you know, like, we're going out. We're going to go change some some lives today. We're going to save some lives one eye at a time. I always tell my intern that. But I, you really do. And look at, I mean, you just changed this girl's life maybe forever. I mean, well, really I mean, pretty impressive. She, a couple of basics of optometry I got to place in her life, you know, the utilization of a scleral contact lens, obviously healing her eye with awesome new technology. I mean, her prescription was a slow pitch for a hard lens. But the what what really like has left me thinking about her a lot is was the cane comment and or, you know, low vision to good vision. And she's 22. She coped for two years and she had to undo that right away. And, you know, I actually had to have a heart to heart with her and I recommended her to go see a psychotherapist. So you know, do you have friend? Are you friend with one? I, I, no. I, I think I would have wanted to do that. But it's interesting. I just was speaking to a pediatrician last week and he was asking me if I had a consult for a pediatric psychologist not even a psychiatrist just somebody for them to talk to and I don't I don't have anybody I mean, and I really should having a good referral network is crucial and that's a great topic for later but Absolutely. I you know how like you used to learn something in school when you're in clinic you would learn about like bacterial conjunctivitis and then you would go to clinic that day and you would literally have a patient that had bacterial conjunctivitis so it was like right. such an easy or, good learn or like or a you retinal it. tear <laughs> right yeah true um no so every month at my clinic we have a monthly education meeting and we i don't know why this happened so perfectly but we had a psychotherapist come talk to us in clinic Get out. it wow. was awesome cool. she was really fascinating learned a lot but anyway what i kind of took from that is um psychotherapy basically enables the patient to understand their feeling and equips them with coping mechanisms to get through that. And there's a lot of different types of psychotherapy, but generally speaking, um, everyone, you kind of like finding, I don't know, like your favorite restaurant. There's a lot that could each different rest or each different therapist can kind of provide. And, Actually, some of the tips she gave me, ones that stood out to me, and I actually applied it directly that day in clinic, is using the word counseling instead of therapy because it's a little bit less of an aggressive word. So I, I said right. to her, you know, you've been through a lot the past few years and you had to go through a lot to be able to cope with that. And now, obviously, this is an exciting, really positive experience to be able to see well and be back to normal. Now you can waste all this energy you've been wasting on your eyes on something else. But I really do recommend you lean on other support and you should consider counseling to talk about these feelings and talk about the fact that you've gone through a lot. And yes, you're in a really positive place now visually, but 
that doesn't mean that your your mental awesome. affect I'm is awesome what I do. <laughs> that doesn't mean your mental affect is right there too. I'm gonna. So is that what you said to her? I did. I was. Like, Were you like so... ready to do backflips because of how excited <laughs> you're? Just like totally executed that perfectly. And I mean, did you, so what I was just, like the next step? I mean, did you give she her a actually card? Actually, was her really the front? excited like, about it. I told okay. her to go get ice cream in Seattle, salt and straw. My favorite. No, you did. Is that what you said? I did actually. <laughs> oh, nice. They had a, they had a long drive back, so I said, you know, you should go pick up some ice cream on the way out. <laughs> how did they find out about you? She found me online. Yeah, kind of like okay. you were saying. You establish yourself. Cool. It really does make a difference. Um, which which brings me to an interesting point and topic, something we wanted to talk a little bit about is reviews. And so how do patients find out about you and how do they learn about your pros and your cons? And, you know, pretty much, I mean, your mom has probably said it, you know, if you put it online, it's it's out there. Everybody's going to know it. It's there forever. So is that true in reference to to reviews? So I don't know about you, but we we do care about reviews, but I kind of have a feeling that reviews may may be more important where you're from, being being from a larger city. Um what reviews do you guys look at? Are reviews something that's important to you? Uh should optometrists give a you know what about reviews? Well, what I've been learning recently about reviews is that 92% of buyers regularly check reviews online before making a purchase or making a service decision, i.e. going to a new doctor. 92%. 92%. Basically everybody. I mean, this is called InsideMG.com, so we can all decide. This is a doctor right. marketing tips, but it makes sense, especially nowadays. And I also read a lot more into Yelp because obviously Yelp's a big, big name out there right now. But did you know that there's 140 million unique monthly users on Yelp? What does that even mean? Monthly. I mean how many people are in? That's crazy. Is there like 140 unique. million people in the U.S.? <laughs> Just I feel like that's something we should know. I don't know that, though. Uh, we'll ask know. one of our actually, viewers seriously, to correct us on that. I, I really don't know. Take a poll. High or lower? <laughs> Yeah. Plus minus. So so it's heavily utilized. Yeah, absolutely. People are using these these formats or uh, forums to yeah. to make decisions. So actually, what what do my, you look at? Do you look my, at Yelp? Oh, for sure. And then Is I'm, that the number one you use? Well, so just to take a step back, at my clinic we started going into trying to understand how patients see us, trying to uh capture more information from our patients' perspective and we actually started utilizing a website called Survey Vitals. So it actually allows you to interface with patients by sending them messages, emails, whatever, to be basically take a quick survey on their experience, which has actually been very enlightening to us and very uh, helpful in showing us where we should put energy and making the patient's experience better. Sure. Um, but I was also reading about health grades, uh, rate MDs, Vitals, Yelp. Did you know that Vitals... Um, filters excessively negative reviews that have no standings. For instance, if someone just gives you a one-star review but doesn't give any basis to that, they right. they do not include it or lower. it has a lower effect in the algorithm of populating your score, which is kind oh, of that's cool. That's interesting. Yelp, unfortunately, you have to often pay some sort of money, um, whether it be in the form of some sort of membership with them or basically pay them to help you review or remove the bad reviews. Um, but also kind of a positive thing, because we all get upset about the one bad review. The patient 
doesn't review normally, but they go on just to leave you a bad review, at least with Yelp, they the better review the sorry, users who review more actually are weighted higher than users who just go on for one to two good or bad reviews. There was a movie, and I don't know what it was, but there was a movie recently where there was a guy who was doing Yelp reviews, and he was so worried about his Yelp review. I'm going to think of it, but if anybody knows what that movie is, he went, he was, oh man, it was very, very good. Uh, but anyway, there, Yelp reviews, I think, are really interesting, and uh, it's so funny because I only ever use Yelp when I'm at an optometry conference. Really? <laughs> because I'm usually in a big city and that is what everybody's doing. They're yelping, you know, the, the restaurant that we're all going to. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll use my Yelp app for the third time this year because I'm in Washington, DC. Um, and so I, I whip it out and I take a look and see how many stars and all this kind of stuff. But as we were saying, and I know you were shocked, we don't really have Yelp here. It exists. You looked up our practice. There's one review and it's by somebody who used to work at our practice. So (laughs) we really don't have Yelp here. Um, what we do have is uh, Facebook. So uh, we do have Facebook uh, reviews. And I, I try like heck to get people to review the practice. Uh, we, we don't have that many. I think we have like five or six. Um, so that Can, brings you wanna us to... You want to play a quick game? I would love to. You know, like Jimmy Kimmel has celebrities reading mean tweets. Yes. Let's do optometrists reading mean reviews. I love it. Do you have one available? Let me let me let me pull one up real quick. Do you have one right there? I sure do, actually. All right, get go ready ahead for and, this. And hit Maybe me, you'll hit me play, with yours play some because, good yeah, music. I'm, I'm pulling up mine right now. All right, so here we go. This was in August 2016. No, no name, no location, but the comment says, "Less than one year of practice, and it shows. Would Whoa. not go again." Felt like she just wanted to try a bunch of fancy equipment on me for no reason. Get ready. No reason other than to fulfill her own insecurity. <laughs> Whoa. <gasps> oh, no damn. <laughs> what goes through your mind when you read that? That is terrible. I feel like I break that down to a lot of sections. First of all, I feel like it just might be like someone who hated me or I don't know. Less than one year of practice and it shows. I mean, actually, I'd already been in practice for two years. Not to be picky. Do you know who it is? Like, is that no, something No, they didn't even put do? their name or anything. Number two. Terrible. Wanted to try a bunch of fancy equipment on me. I have got ghetto old machinery in my rooms, so don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I ran an OCT <laughs> on them. And then I don't run OCTs or any extra testing frivolously. I do it when you have a disease potential. This person got a bill. That's what happened. I mean, it was just They got a bill. Mean. <laughs> That's mean. Like, if you're going to say something like that, put your name down. That is super duper mean. I, I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. That's, that's insecurity. Terrible. I mean, that's just like uh, that's like mean girl status. It's it's super mean. I I'm actually watching uh, Thirteen Reasons Why right now on Ooh, Netflix. Saw that too. That'll be another discussion. Oh, I know. Oh, it's terrible. But speaking of mean things, you know, it's just uh, it's terrible. Do you have? So a I'm, I'm pulling up a. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because we, we talked about, uh, reviews a moment ago and, and I was looking at my reviews and all of my reviews are exemplary. So oh, it's, sure. it's uh, well, and I'll tell you why I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, again, Yelp is not a big thing. And so we have uh, Facebook and with Facebook, you can see who leaves the reviews. So I have actively, you know, reached out to the couple negative reviews that we've had. One of them was a person who put a review up that was angry about paying contact lens uh, examination fee or fitting fee, however you want to call it. Um, So I reached out to them and said, you know, explained it to them and, and asked them to kindly, you know, remove that because it wasn't referenced to our care, even though it made it sound like it was in reference to our care. So, uh, I actually had our billing person reach out to, and, and we ended up, you know, reducing the fee cause they didn't feel like they, they, uh, were explained it properly, et cetera. So we gave them, you know, something to kind of work that out and, and remove that, uh, review. The other review was actually from somebody leaving a review from another practice in the same town. So the wrong simil- doctor, wrong doctor. Oh my gosh. And I get the review at like four thirty on a Friday evening and I get all of them. And uh, so I'm like, ah, you know, how could you possibly? Because I feel like people see Facebook, you know, and, and they're, they're at least around here. People care about that. So, again, it's talking about how we were quick and how we, you know, similar to yours, unnecessarily did things. They got this bill and now they're, you know, wondering why they had X, Y, Z done. They just came in for glasses. Sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, so wasn't a personal attack but of course you know whenever that you know is is said it's it's definitely uh not a good thing and you don't want that to be to be put out there so again reached out to them and and he's talking about you know this staff member and that staff member and finally like you're talking about the wrong place you know it's another place so finally did take it down one other one i i did remember that that was legitimate um and and this is this is a i i i'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I'm going to admit it because I think you know, a big it starts step. a conversation. Sometimes you make mistakes. Absolutely. Um, and, and it wasn't me because I don't make mistakes, but it was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it was one of my staff. And uh, this is, you know, it's a learning moment for all of us. So we take all forms of, of health insurance. Uh, we take Medicare. We take Medicaid. We take many different private insurances. We had a staff member who said out loud to another staff member in the open forum of the front office, uh, so-and-so is here with so-and-so insurance and they're late again. And there was somebody else, you know, in, in the waiting area who happened to be a medical assistant at a practice down the road. And she waited a little bit. She might've waited 25 minutes or something. We're busy that day. And when she came back, she was a little snippy. She was a little upset, but she didn't voice anything to me. Uh, and sure enough, she went, she went right home. She put everything on that, you know, it was explicitly mentioned in the exam room that there was somebody who was there, that their voice was, you know, they heard a name and that, uh, their type of insurance was, was mentioned. And they thought that that was a terrible thing. And I, and I do too. And I'll say, you know, 
forthright and upfront that, you know, we take HIPAA very seriously. Of course, we want people to feel comfortable in our office. Uh, and, and, uh, ultimately we, we were very, you know, that, that, uh, staff member is no longer with us. They had to, you know, be reprimanded as a result of it. And, uh, it wasn't a good situation, you know, and ultimately there's just no place for that, but reviews can be good and bad. Sure. I think they can highlight, you know, some things that need to be changed and, and help you potentially better your practice. So you can have eyes and ears in places that they aren't normally, so, you know, for us, that was a real learning moment and a uh, time that we had to look in the mirror and have a little bit of a heart to heart with the entire staff and say, look, we serve all people from all different, you know, backgrounds and all different insurances. And we, you know, definitely that's the end of it. That's the end of it. So, well, you know, you know everyone's I, human yeah. and we all joke around about things and we all make right. our jobs more lighthearted. But at the same time, we have to recognize that there you need that kind of Nordstrom effect you need everyone to see positive outward appearance whether you feel that way or not and so that's what people look for whether you're in small town Pennsylvania or you're in a big city of Seattle they want to see a full pack experience and no one wants to hear that even if it isn't about them so Right. We, so we, re, I reached out to that girl. I told her what happened and I asked her kindly to remove the, the comment and she did. So, uh, we're back to a 4.9 star rating. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's about that. You know, um, it's a beautiful day steer, still here in Pennsylvania. What's it like there? You know, we're, we're pushing on 90 degrees Fahrenheit here. It's it got a bit hot. of a heat, heat wave all across the U S right. How are those dogs? Oh, the dogs are good. They're in their cages right now, sweating it out in the basement. Roya has two dogs. <laughs> I do. Everybody should have a dog. Oh two, my gosh! In fact, you know, Instead sometimes I dogs, thought two, I two would be kids. better. I know. Is that better? At least I can put my dogs in a cage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we do, but you just don't tell anybody. No, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll have child and youth here at the door. <laughs> a cage, as uh, in yeah, the crib, yeah. maybe that's. That's what I meant. Sure. Yeah. No, no lid. It's bad in there. <laughs> Anyway, All right. So. Well, I guess that about does it. Um, yes. Again, before we go, we should say thanks to Valley Contacts again for their support, not only in making great lenses, but also the great people they are to work with. Be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode as we will be gossiping about controversial topics on scleral contact lens management. But until then, try not to blink. <laughs>